0: Okay,
1: so, I don't know, okay.
2: Um, As I thought about mountains,
1: I thought about different elements and aspects of mountains. Um, I think as we look at, this is actually a photograph, and I think it it really expresses for us the, the wonder the remote beauty, the aspiration, the spirituality, and the world of the gods, all the things that we've talked about this morning. This is Mount Sinai. This is the view from Mount Sinai. So what's interesting is thinking about um, the view of the mountain as you're looking up at it, but also the view from the top. And I, I remember I, I was in Israel as a teenager in, right before the 73 war. And we did a teal in the Sinai for a week, so I was able to climb Mount Sinai, and I'll never forget watching the sunrise and seeing that view and um, seeing this. And, well, I can't really put it into words, so I won't even try. You
0: um, told that Sinai was the smallest of the group of mountains? Yeah. As a mountain, Sinai is no big deal.
1: <laughs> but it's a big deal when you're up there and you look <laughs> that's out. A that's I, that's
0: a I mean, that's the same <laughs> you know. Oh, and you see easily from mountain of a mountain. Oh. mountain. I
1: I think this is looking from Mount Sinai out oh, okay. on the range. I can't tell you which peak is which, okay. but it's just it's bumpy, corrugated for a, a long ways now this is the monastery at the base of Mount Sinai, Santa Caterina, which I actually did go to whoops. It's a God's voice. Um, Let's say no. Okay, and what's really, uh, there's so many fascinating things about this. There's a community of monks that live there, and I don't know if you know this, but their library is the second largest collection in the world after the Vatican collection of early manuscripts and codexes. So they have this treasure trove of illuminated manuscripts and handwritten manuscripts. In addition to that, they have the largest collection of icons in the world. Icon paintings. And so, if you think about it, at the place where our people received the Torah from God, there is this treasure trove of of human creativity, of literature and art.
0: They also say there, they'll tell you there is a shrub there, and they'll tell you that's the burning bush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here I'm but, this, but this we know. You're
1: yeah, this we know because they can count books and they can count icons. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's unbelievable. And as a, I mean, as a That's teenager, funny. I was, it, I was see. the only kid on my camp my tour who was interested in the icons, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you know this are, is
1: Mount right? Ararat, where, where, oh, yeah. uh, oh, no. where the, where the ark came to rest. And what really space struck space? me was yeah. the negative space created by this mountain creates the shape of, of a, a boat. boat. So, oh, of course, oh, and I never I looked at it before. look at the fields. Yeah. So I thought I would oh, share that with you, because that seems like, oh, well, of course that, it's right? It's so, so mm-hmm.
3: cool to contrast what it's we're saying beach. about when
4: you look at a landscape
3: of fields, and you look on yeah. the mountains, how different it is. Where
1: is the boat?
3: It's
0: the a fish. The boat, the boat is the, the space. Between the two the dows.
1: It's boat-shaped. Boat oh. oh, oh. It's exactly boat-shaped. Oh, oh. So, um... Many pe- cultures and peoples have sacred mountains. This is the Black Hills, which is sacred to the Lakota people. So this is a universal idea among different human civilizations. Yeah, they got upset with the carving of the presidents. Absolutely. Yes, how would we feel if they went and carved some, put them up on Mount Sinai? They wouldn't sure. be so great. And this is Mount Everest, which is sacred to the Sherpas, the Sherpas, apparently, is not a term for a schlepper. It's a term for the people who live in the shadow of this mountain. From the Western perspective, they're the, they're, they're the, the porters. But they're actually just the people us. who live there, yeah, which is really interesting. And when the Sherpas ascend the mountain before they go, they make an, a sacrificial offering. Now this artist, Anna Fine Four, I showed you a piece of hers last week, Miriam's Wells. And um, I want to tell you a little about her. This is called Va Hanan. It's from that Parsha, and it's 20 by 20 inches. And the, the um, phrase from the Parsha that she quotes is it's Deuteronomy 4.11. And you approached and stood at the foot of a mountain, and the mountain burned with fire up to the midst of the heavens with darkness, a cloud, and opaque darkness. Clouds, fire, mountains, desert, Egypt, the Red Sea, and the land of Israel are included in this collage. The first words of the Shema are written in blue ink surrounding the diamond shape. She's a specialist in textile conservation, and she's had a lifelong interest in maps and collage. She's worked as a conservator. So she sees a lot of little snippets of things, and she puts them together in these collages. F-O-E-R. And oh, I thought I had a detail of it. So it's just interesting to think about how you can cut things up and put them back together. Maps in this one. I don't know if there's any fabric. It looks like there is some fabric, actually. So there's there's things that she has just reassembled. And it's also in the shape of a mandala, which is interesting. Now, I'm whipping mandala. I'm whipping through these because I have a lot to get to, and our time just sort of got chipped down. So this um, this is Chagall's depiction of Moses, the death of Moses on Mount Nebo. And we have talked about that, so I'll leave that with you. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the Akedah is a hugely, uh, the binding of Isaac, is a hugely popular subject in art. And this is, uh, the earliest version I could find, this is from the Beit Alpha Synagogue yeah, you can visit this. in Israel, yes. And I know that you've never seen this rendition of the Akedah. It's by Japanese artist.
3: Oh, yeah, I saw it. They got it
1: in the and Watanabe, and he, um... Whoa was, or his father died when he was young, and a neighborhood woman sort of took him under her wing, and she was Christian. So he's baptized at the age of 17. So he combines Bible stories with this style of work that's called Minje. It's a folk art tradition. I thought, boy, this is probably the most unusual. Uh, It's Sada Watanabe. Well, at some point, folk art all starts to really look the same. It could be Mexican. It could be the Ethiopian i mean there is that, so when
4: did do that
1: common style um let's see this was well he died in 1996 so i think he started i don't know exactly i don't know the date on it
5: I don't in think so. He, Chris, he's Christian.
1: Yeah. So his, his biblical reference is from, he's Christian. I don't think he has necessarily any connection with J- Jews or Judaism that I know of. Japan, the Jewish guy
5: Jewish. was Japanese and he was not Jewish. Jin, Jin- 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 he yeah, was, no, right. This
1: guy was Christian. He was a Christian Japanese okay. in Tokyo. He lived his whole life in Tokyo. Yeah. I know it's who so you're so talking cool. about. Shin- Shin- Shinguro, I think. I the look the the look the
0: those birds. The Thank you.
1: Okay. Were you oh, no, no, it's it's
3: interesting how he depicts the, the lamb, the
1: eye. Yeah. Yeah, and I love how he's tenderly holding Isaac as a baby. That's kind of different. Not really, no, no. And the and there's already a fire going on that uh, altar. Now these are um, Baroque versions, so they're both by Caravaggio. He he liked it so much that he did it twice. Mm-hmm. And the first one uh, on the right, um, Isaac's sort of like, wait a minute, but it's that he's just got his hand on his head, like he's not quite in the act. And this one is much more violent and aggressive, and Isaac is already screaming, so he really heightens. He's all about the the drama and, and the psychology and the emotion of it.
3: Um, there is a Israeli author of Shalom, something. Who is, you are, he's not an academic, but he. Uh, explain that it is uh, edible things that really, uh, oh,
1: yeah. in, in you know, killing of the sun. Absolutely. There's a lot of... You could you could, you you could get into it. And Caravaggio, um, well, I won't get into him. He, he had some kicks. Are they
0: similar
1: things? Are they similar? Are they the uh, yeah. same time? I, I don't know. I don't know yeah so yes. Isaac so does the, Isaac. Isaac. the angel looks a little different. And then these are a couple more um, from the Baroque period that Jordans Jacob is from northern Europe, and then Tiepolo, so we get to see the arcade from underneath because Tiepolo always painted ceilings. <laughs> yeah. so that's a different uh view. but it's just so interesting how how really fascinated artists are with this moment, and of course. Musicians, uh, Bob Dylan did a song about it, Leonard Cohen did a song about it.
0: But you see the cloud up there, which is, you know, God hides in the clouds, there's so many of the references of him, and there's God, and he's listening to the cloud. The and light the cloud and the
1: cloud is is like a character, like a yeah. uh, becomes another entity, entity, entity. another presence in, in this earth. That's a really good point. So these are modern versions. The one on the right is by, um, let's see, I think it's Joseph Levine. I want to make sure I get this right. Jack Levine, sorry. It's an etching. Um, he lived from 1915 to um, 2010. And he was an American social realist painter and printmaker. Uh, he was a WPA artist. Huh. So he, oh. his parents were from Lithuania. So he's working very much in the style of Rembrandt, really. This kind of dark, sfumato, this smoky kind of um, image. And then the, this one is by an Austrian artist. Um, did I put his? Oh, I think I've, I you know, omitted his name. Forgive me. But um, I think it's it's either Heiser or Holzer. But he's, he's a non-Jewish artist from Austria. And, he, he was raised around the circus. So he likes kind of I think the he does a lot of circus kind of imagery, but he, I think he likes the theater of it cuz it's very theatrical if you think the about size it. Of that yeah. And and this the size of the hand
0: that's holding on that's grabbing his
1: hand. Ooh. <laughs> it's pretty big. But it it's got an almost kabuki feeling, very stylized and the colors are kind of happy yes. Sam? Um, I don't know. I mean, those little marks are kind of everywhere. I think that's just part of the texture, but I, I think that's a valid observation. I really can't tell you. So this is an artist from Israel. His name is Menashe Kaddishman. He lived from 1932 to 2015, and I included the photo of him because I, I, I like it. He's so, <laughs> he's so good looking. And um, in 19,
3: 19- he was a heavy and. <laughs>
1: When he was young. Um, Yeah, I saw the later photos. Um, He was a a shepherd for a couple of years on kibbutz. So he really got into sheep. He was interested in sheep. And he did about a 1,000 paintings of sheep later on, um, their faces. And I'll show you one. But this is his depiction of the Akedah, and I think it's just so interesting. So let's talk about it. Well, the ram is on top, and and Isaac's on the bottom. I mean, this is a monumental sculpture that he did. Um, he was born in Tel Aviv, and he's always questioned established ideals and materials. Was it made of? It's uh, iron, I believe.
0: Yeah. So and he offers
4: up the ram under. No, it's in, sign. It, So he, plays, he, that's a, that's he reverses works. it, I that's
3: think. I mean, he is reversing it, but it's like, yeah,
4: that's But it means instead. Pardon? No, instead. Instead of, but that's, we had the same word as like, tahtitahar, as under, in
1: place of this. I mean, what fascinates this to me is that the ram is on top and and the human being is underneath. So, what do you take from that? I have some thoughts about it. What do you take from it? Anything? Well, if the
6: human being were on top, it would be
1: kind of Abraham. It would be kind of normal. I mean, I think the human being sacrificing. The to on top, the ram would be on I mean, all to Right. Here so it's more the ram is
0: protecting. Well,
3: but there is interpretation that Isaac really was killed. I mean, many
1: of uh, the... Uh, I, I sort of feel like it's the superiority of, of nature over human nature. Well, I, I mean, that's... We're
2: such a part of it. we was such an integral part of every animal, every
6: plant.
1: Yeah, and he, like I said, he spent a lot of time chasing <laughs> sheep around the hills, so I, I, he probably feels a connection, the obviously. Impression, that, the impression he spin it around. Right. But it, although he's got the rail on top,
5: it, it looks like you know the, which are the legs, which are the arms of who. Right. So it really looks like you could spin it
0: around. It could,
1: but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that's significant. I, I just think he's really interesting. So he did like a 1,000 of these portraits of sheep heads. And they're pretty compelling. They're very, you know, they have that. I find sometimes when sculptors go to paint, not not that guy, but not a gum, or um, what's his name?
0: Shalmut spot.
1: Spot. Spot. Uh, uh, spot. spot. But but there's a certain dynamism from sculptors. I mean, they they are used to working with hard materials, and sometimes it brings that energy to the painting. And I see that here. The first major appearance of the sheep in his work was. In 1978, he presented an actual flock of sheep and himself as a shepherd. This was at the Venice Biennale, like a living sculpture. Each exhibition is unique to the host country as the work is installed to suit the surroundings of the venue. That was from an exhibit in Singapore that What he is
2: this called, this particular one you took picture?
1: This one? I don't have a title for it. I don't know that he's- His work is all
2: over.
1: Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. What is
3: this idea?
1: Uh That was an oil painting. So this is Cezanne and his mountain, Mont Saint-Victoire. And he painted it 60 times over 10 years. And I thought it was really interesting that we can consider the mountain as a place of wonder and remote beauty, of aspiration. But it also can be a home base. We say, this is my rock. So Cezanne traveled, and he returned to his hometown, which was in the shadow of this mountain. He wrote about his home, which was an X en Provence. He wrote in a letter, when I was an ex, I thought I would be better off elsewhere. Now that I'm here, I regret X. In other words, I miss it. Right. When one is born there, that's it. Nothing else appeals. So he returns to his vista, his rock, his familiar silhouette. And you know, mountains are very distinctive. I have painted mountains and then seen them later and got, hey, I know that mountain. I've worked from photographs, and um, they are individual, like human beings. So it's just interesting to think about the sense of his identity bound up with this mountain and the shape of it.
0: God is my rock now, too.
1: Yes, there you go. So I want to talk now about the mountain as an interior place. Um, This is work by Judith Margolis. She's one of the curators of the Women of the Book, which is a a visual art project about the Torah. It has a piece of art for each Torah portion. And she does these very small little paintings. This one is called From Inside. Yeah, it has that Rothko feeling, very minimalist. Very small, like this big. They're works on paper. Paintings on paper, they're, I think, watercolor um, or acrylic. This is called I and Thou. And what does it resemble?
3: <laughs>
1: right, it's it's a uh, boober, and it's also uh, the pyramids of Egypt. So then you start to think about how we create mountains architecturally. And this one is called Pure Prayer. And is that book actually out, or is it
6: an ongoing it's, it's, it's been, been exhibited.
1: It's been completed and exhibited. I don't know if it, I don't think it's been published as, you know, uh, reproduction. Um, The funniest thing about her is on her website, uh, she gave a brief bio that was factual. And she said, I declare all of this recollection to be the truth. I have not made anything up. If I had to make the whole bio into brief paragraph, it would be. And then she gives, it's a short paragraph that's factual. And then she gives a really long one. And she says, the rest is commentary, for which I will switch to the first person. And I'll just give you the first sentence of it. I was born in the Bronx at the end of World War II and raised amidst Yiddish endearments. (laughs) I love that. Her name is um, Judith Margolis. So she has the mountain not as a place out there that's awe inspiring, not as a home base or a rock, but as something that's inside you. You carry the mountain inside you. So I thought that was interesting. It's theoretical. It's like Jerusalem is real, but it's also theoretical. We're, we're into that, our people. You know, sacred spaces that exist, but also exist within us. Now, this is Toby Khan. And Toby Khan is the creator of the Artist Bait Midrash model that we're experiencing. He is um, a painter and sculptor. He's, he's very successful, and he's a very active teacher. And he, cre- he did the first Artist Beit Midrash. At Temple Emmanuel in New York, and um, it has spread all over uh, the country and Canada. Um, and um, I am most moved by his interior design. This is a synagogue in in uh, Milwaukee, and I've I attended a bar mitzvah there, and it's uh, Temple Emmanuel. And he created, he designed the interior space of the sanctuary and other objects that are throughout the synagogue. And to me. He brings the mountain to the sanctuary because it has the feeling of the mountain. For myself, having sat there, I strongly recommend if, you're, if you find yourself uh, up in Milwaukee to visit. It's north the of the city.
4: The, uh, right,
1: this is, is actually of um, north of the city in the suburbs, but it's really worth it. So it's an
0: exhibit
1: now? Or no, is this is a, place a place synagogue place interior place that, that he designed. So this is permanent. So you see the ark; It's really got that feeling of A mountain, to me. I mean, it it looks like stone. Um, He's interested in, he he really came out of the American uh, romantic landscape painting tradition, which we looked at last week. We looked at at Bierstadt and others. who. uh, So he's got a really strong feeling for landscape, but also for texture. And he brings that into this space. He's also interested in micro images of cell formations and satellite photography. So you see that some of the works on the wall they could look like planets. They could also look like cells. So he's got that kind of micro-macro thing going on. But all the surfaces are very geometric and very hard. And, and, and you do feel that austere kind of Sinai feeling when you're sitting there. Now, um, I wanted to finish with this artist. This is David Ajay. And he recently had, uh, there was an exhibit about him at the Art Institute. I don't know if any of you saw it. He's an architect. He's based in London. He's lived all over the world. Um, I think his parents are African. And so he has a lot of that um, culture. I think Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not sure.
5: He's a candidate for the uh, Obama Library.
1: Yes. So but no, I think they picked somebody else. Well, (laughs) I happen to be a big fan of his. But um, they they chose a a team. um, And I don't remember their names, but they have been chosen. Man and a woman. Um, so What he said about uh, first of all, I want to tell you, I go to Washington because my son lives there, and the last time we were there, I was on the way to the airport in the taxi, and I saw this going up. the car. And I was like, what is that? It was so spectacular. It's, I have a couple images of it. I wanted you to see the shape, because you know, there's a form in architecture called a ziggurat which is like a pyramid, but it has steps. And this is really an inverted ziggurat. And what it is is it's the Museum of the African-American Experience
3: Mm -hmm.
1: in Washington, DC. And it's on the edge of the mall. Is it open? Uh, Yes, yes. Is it open? Or it's about to be, maybe. Uh It's it's
4: open. open.
1: This may be a rendition, I'm not sure. But um, I want to tell you a little of what he said about it. Because this totally ties in with the ola, with offering up. You think of an offering as rising to heaven, and you think of that human posture, and it makes the shape of that building this. He was asked, um, you say that the primary spirit behind your plan for the museum is one of praise. What elements did you use to convey this emotion? He said, when I say praise, I envision it as a human posture. It's the idea that you come from the ground up, rather than crouching down or leaning. The form of the building suggests a very upward mobility. It's a ziggurat that moves upward into the sky, rather than downward into the ground. And it hovers above the ground. When you see this building, the opaque parts look like they're being levitated above this light space. So you get the sense of an upward mobility in the building. And I just want to comment that the the panels that cover this building are a form of bronze that he invented. He wow. created this kind of um, metal bonding that will be very permanent, but it's very lacy. So it relates to ironwork that was done in Africa, but also that was done in the American right. South, because a lot of the iron work was done by slaves. So it's got this lacy feeling, but it's also very strong at the same time. When you look at the way the circulation works, everything lifts you up into the light. This is not a story about past trauma. For me, the story is one that's extremely uplifting as a kind of world story. It's not a story of a people that were taken down, but actually a people that overcame and transformed an entire superpower into what it is today. The sacrifices of the African-American people has made America better. And I just feel that as Jewish people and Jewish artists, this is so relatable. We have a Holocaust museum, and I think that their mission is very much the same thing. It's to document the tragedy, but it's also do- to talk about um, promoting understanding between people and moving forward into a lighter place. And that's a, that's a very difficult assignment. And it's interesting that this, ar- this architect was chosen who has roots in Africa, but he's really, truly an international guy. He designs things all over the world. He's based in London. So they took somebody who's really outside the uh, African-American experience to kind of have some perspective on it, and then mirror it back to the people here. And I can't wait to go. I haven't been there yet. But um, I think it's it's interesting to think about architectural mountains that we create. Because since the Tower of Babel, man has always been trying to construct something that they could climb up on and get to heaven and you think about skyscrapers and and the the, the landscape of, the cityscape of our beautiful city which is one of the most beautiful in the world for modern architecture and all the thoughts that go into that and the aspiration uh skyward and what that represents in our thoughts so we're about out of time but i just want to say we are are we or are we not oh I have a watch I can't read, <laughs> I have so I'm really glad you said that, because that, we have emotional. time. First of all, I, I, in a moment, I'm going to just open up to your thoughts about the art. But I to—I just want to get you thinking about the culmination of this class, which will be in an art exhibit. And I have not talked to beth yet about specifics in terms of dates or anything. You hear the power tools? They're building a new exhibit area, and I think we're going to get to show our work in that. That's really exciting. Um, the art exhibit is optional. So you don't have to participate. But it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to make something new that comes out of whatever inspiration we hope you may glean from this experience. And in addition to showing the work at Bethel, I, did, I think I mentioned I spoke with Arthur Feldman and. He's got a Judaica gallery in Highland Park, and he uh, would love to show our work again. So we will have two places in Highland Park. And I think it's nice to have it here at the synagogue for the people who come to the synagogue. It's great. And it's also great to have it at Feldman, because they're not necessarily the same populations who go. And um, the other thing about Feldman's gallery is that he has gobs of Judaica, and it's very I think it's very meaningful to see our work amidst the work of generations. I found that to be very moving. Um, and it, it's really salon style, because it's all kind of thrown together. But it really helps us know, you know the tradition that we're connected with. So um, any thoughts about what the art? And then maybe we'll talk about what your thoughts about your work. I just
6: want to mention that last year, I Right. Yeah.
1: No, that's a really good point. He, um, he grew up in Philadelphia. His father was an antiques dealer. So it comes from really knowing about antiques. And then he became a, a museum curator. And he's worked at the Tate Britain. Whoa. And he was the curator of Spertus back in the 1970s. He's, and he's just an, an incredibly knowledgeable person. And he's just a natural teacher. He has stuff for sale, but really what he wants to do is he wants to share his knowledge. And he's very, very generous with it, and very interesting. So yeah, I encourage you to talk to him and get to know.
2: I'm uh sort of very hung up on our first session when we were talking about giving and receiving, and I really see the the mountain as as a symbol of that too um, that we didn't really talk about.
1: Can you elaborate on that, Carla? Um
2: Well, just the physical from the ground up. You know and also what we get from from looking down and what we literally have received from the Torah and from up and down. Um, I just I just see it as just the giving and receiving is, has turned into such a big idea in my mind. And I feel like that's what I'm going to focus
1: on as far as my art. Goes. What's your but process? I, I'm curious to hear how you'll develop that for yourself.
2: Um, well, I actually already started a little bit, but um, I'm, I'm using a piece of glass. Um, and I started with the Sea of Galilee, but I, it's going to have other components to it. But I, I just see how everything is coming back to this giving and receiving.
1: Wonderful. That's great. Anybody else have? Sam? I've got to ask, what, what are
3: the next sessions going to be?
1: Yeah, it's
4: nice to, to
5: know, do we have before a I start,
3: Before I start going
5: all crazy about mountains or, uh, or rivers. yeah, we
1: go crazy over mountains.
5: mountains. No, so, I, you yeah, don't yeah,
0: want to no, I mean,
1: it's desert. Desert, desert. This is our third session, so we have desert, and then forest. Oh, so
0: coming up we have desert. Yeah, we have desert, desert and,
1: then forest, and then forest, and then the whole earth looking down. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very interesting artist I'm going to share with you that last day. So. Um, so is that? Is there's three more. left? It's the date. Correct. Of the there's a total the last, of six. So
4: that's last Thursday in, in July. Right. We go through right. the uh, through okay. July. Okay. So. And then when are the pieces? 27, Twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Uh, 27, 27, Twenty-eight.
1: Um, I don't have dates yet, but I think what if I were you, I would try to get, think about getting it done before Rosh Hashanah, if you can. Okay. Um, I, we will get back to you as soon as I talk with uh, Rachel Kamen here and with Arthur and get dates. I will. I will firm it up for you. But I would say as a target, I, I would try to get it done before Rosh Hashanah, if mm-hmm. you can. so um, what have, Other thoughts? Uh, regarding the slideshow? Whatever you want. Okay.
5: I, could you go back to the first pictures of the mountains? Please? Sure. I love that goat. One.
1: Yeah.
0: Which ones? Which
1: mountains? Further back. You what? had a uh, collage More. of them.
0: More. This oh, was the, this was the first one. There was one that was very alarm. evident with lights and
5: darks on each like side like that I thought not was not very interesting, ones. but it wasn't that one. It wasn't black and yeah. well, I don't remember. Well,
1: it might be that you in your mind now you've got that one. No, it, it oh, was I thought it was Everest. No, no, yeah, that one.
5: So something struck me about the lights and darks. A meta- also, as a, I kind of like to see things in metaphors as a metaphor also for our lives, with the lights and the darks, mm-hmm. light side of our lives and the dark side of our lives, and how they come together or don't at certain points, and the ruggedness. I don't know, it just
1: appealed to me for those reasons. I've been working in woodcut um, pretty oh, yeah. actively for about a year. and. I'm really a color person, so this is quite a big change, because I'm just am printing basically in black and white. Um, and it's all about planning your darks and lights when you're working graphically. And that really, what, the conversation today, talking about how life has its hills and its valleys, right. and that there isn't anything interesting, you said, it, mean, in right. art, unless you have a strong contrast. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that tension in art. I mean, I think that's something to kind of bear in mind as artists, as we work, um, and maybe that helps us work through things too for ourselves because we're seeing it in front of us. We're balancing those darks and lights. Well, and and then the sun
5: is coming naturally from that side to create the darks. If you were to stand there for 24 hours, you would have the darks on all different sides. And there is a rhythm to them and a pattern to them. I
1: don't know. I was very struck by it. That spoke to me a lot. As a painter, I love to paint something like this. Because I just leave the white, of, like an, in a watercolor, yeah, I can leave I the white, the white of the paper mm-hmm. and just paint in the darks. And it, it just emerges from this flat surface. You get this three-dimensional thing. I just think it's very beautiful. reminds me of living.
0: <laughs> That's also interesting about and this particular body body one, body body how body body you've got those clouds always around the mountain.
1: No. Yeah, body they do like they know, tend to hang out there
0: yeah the one that i thought was so interesting you mm-hmm. had the plains and then you had the oh, mountain yeah, in the background and, and i thought to myself oh. the power of the mountain is the plane that's it yes it's like each each has its own importance because idea. of the
1: opposite of the other right and so much that has happened yeah. in our history I mean, happens in a valley kind of with that mountain in the back of your mind or in front of you. But the human human activity generally plays out on the plain. Exactly. Because that's right. where we can cultivate and that's, that's where, where we can live. where the
0: fertility is and the, the labor yeah. is. It's, and the water. The water comes down from the mountain. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's something, and also when you look at that, the mountain looks like it's levitated mm-hmm. off of like the, the earth. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, just it's really, really uh, and you—you you can imagine. I mean, really we have cool to use our imagination here in the Midwest. Oh
0: yeah, no.
1: <laughs> but you can not imagine that if you lived <laughs> in a place with a mountain, it would always be there in your consciousness. I—I I have to say, I grew up on in Milwaukee, along Lake Michigan, and Lake Michigan yeah, is my mountain. orientation, <laughs> right. right? You know, it's. Yeah. If I go to a place <clears throat> that's landlocked, I feel funny. I don't know where I am. I don't know which yeah. way is which. which. Well, well, see,
0: but then, if, like, you go to Colorado, you know that the west, that's the mountains, are over there, that's west. So it's like what we do with with uh, Lake Michigan.
1: It's Absolutely. always
6: east. You do the it's same thing with a building. If, if you would do a landlocked True. place, you'd do the same thing with some monument or something. In the yeah.
1: Well, when you go downtown, you do Or a if you don't I, have I, that, that, you use the
6: sun. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know.
0: Did you know that um, um, for the
5: 200th anniversary of
6: the the United States? Let's talk
0: one more time. I I had trouble with my kitchen. But you're right, Sam. Sam, you're absolutely right. For the 200th
5: anniversary, the government of Canada gave the United States (laughs) president a gift called Between Friends. They had 70 photographers working from the east coast to the west coast photographing along the border and under each photograph they had a little story and in the one case you had this unbelievable view across the valley into the Rockies, and the photographer said to the farmer it must be wonderful to wake up every morning and see this. He said, yes. It's very nice, except the mountains are in the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sort of depends on your perspective, right. I, I suppose. Know. Speaking
5: of perspective, is that a photograph? Yeah. 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 I think it's fascinating <laughs> <laughs> uh, the photographer who captured that particular thing, because it, it all enters into one point perspective all the way down there. So he's taking something in nature that's already there and it already exists and he's creating that
1: and he's recapturing that definitive perspective and I just think that's fascinating. It's fascinating for so many reasons because of the geometry of the plowed field against the kind of organic quality of the mountain. And one of the things that people wrote about Cezanne and why he loved to paint the mountain is that he loved geometry. Yeah. And every time he painted a peach or an apple, he would paint all the little planes on it. And he he was sort of a proto-cubist in a way because he saw everything as shimmering planes and geometric shapes. Um, I, think, I think, I don't know, for me, I think the mountain was more than just geometry to him. He painted it 60 times. And so I feel like it was... His his home, you know, it, it just, he never, I mean, he didn't tire of it.
6: Yes, so I grew up with mountains, and I'm not from the Midwest. Well,
1: poo-poo-poo, I, I know what you <laughs> say. Well, but
6: <laughs> when I heard the, I was also very struck with the, there's no mountain without a valley thing. But what came, the visual for me was not that at all, because that's the, the very flat plain, but the valley Another illustration for me of how much your background influences how you see things and how you interpret things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did you go? In Los Angeles, actually, in, in the mountains inside the <laughs> <of Dubai>. valley. <laughs> I mean, we spent a lot of time in the mountains there, so that's my frame of reference for that.
4: So I have a request. I would love if we go down, go around and do like a one word reflection of something that you're taking away today. Okay. Um, it's one of the disadvantages of. Teaching first, but I, well, let me just. Just in one word or a short phrase.
1: Something. I'll start. Obsidian. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: It's what this is called, that I was trying to remember. And it literally is glass. It mm-hmm. comes from the volcano.
3: From the ground up. We can come back to you. Okay. No, I was thinking, I don't know. What, what do you want us to do? Well, Marla start, just started. Marla just, started. So Marla just started. From, the from the
5: ground up. From the ground up. High and low. What? High and low.
0: High and low. low. High am low. Am. The mountain and the valley. Or the ups and the downs. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Show them. Oh, I don't know. I have so many things. Uh, just Elevation. was struck by the place you won't go. You know, the view of the place you won't go. You yeah. can't put it into one word.
1: That yeah. you mustn't go or that you, but, you can't? You can't. Won't like won't. Moses
4: seeing Mount the, the place Oh, yes.
1: So poignant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mount Nebeli. Mount Nebeli. Uh Skepticism, spirituality. Um,
2: Exterior.
0: As a what? Interior place. Mm-hmm. Mountain is a place where it's happening.
5: Uh, movement. What? what? Movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, majestic. I don't have one word.
3: I don't have one word, but I'm struck with the image of the people under the mountain. <laughs> How about
4: you? Oh. Elegy is the word that's coming to my mind today,
0: mm-hmm. as opposed to eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> elegy. Yeah, elegy.
4: Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't always know when I pick the texts, what's going to happen. And so it's, a, it's such a pleasure to you know? you know, watch um, creative things happening when we when we like, look at a word one way and look at another way and put a word against another word and text against another text. So uh, I guess elegies.
5: I feel grateful.
1: We have all of this in our lives. God-given Hariticha yeah. yeah. that little movie that God puts behind our glad Because oh, I thought of all you said was obsidian, you
4: spent the whole hour and a half of it. Like,
0: What's the name of that rock? What's the name of that rock? It just so, comes. With, I just, I'm well, glad. I just wait. <laughs> Usually it happens 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. I missed
4: the
1: first session. Was there a point at which People identified sort of what mediums they worked on? Um, you know, like yes, that. we did a little. We did yes, so we, did. we did. Do you, you want to just quickly to okay. say one word? We can for, do it again. Yeah. yeah. Marla?
2: Um, I primarily work in watercolor, but I do work in fiber, and the project I started is now with glass, yes. so I don't know. Okay.
0: Fabric and um, yarn. Um, drawing and
2: painting, um, fiber, and also. Um,
4: Art of dressing. Mm. I thought you were going to say texture today. I thought you were going to say texture.
5: Uh, Drawing and painting, but I've been engrossed in Photoshop.
0: I've been just swallowed up by it. Beautiful. Paltry stories.
1: And I do paint. I do paint. Fiber beads. Uh, Acrylic.
0: I guess it's called Found Art. <laughs> <laughs> found <laughs> objects, uh, and I decoupage things using the found objects. Um, pastel pencil
5: drawings. Photography, and uh, I've been busy looking at Photoshop for 25 years.
4: Mm-hmm. So. We took a talk, yeah.
3: Ceramics and
0: polygraphy. Cool. And Judith, you are
1: well, I'm a painter, essentially, okay. and a calligrapher. I make ketubo. But um, I've gotten really into woodcuts in the last year or so. So I guess I'm a printmaker now. And mm-hmm. does
4: anybody do any
1: plein air? Does anybody create art outside? I do sometimes. All right, we'll have to get the artists into so, uh,
6: I, This is the first time I've joined the group. So I don't know, Like, is there an opportunity that we all could gather
2: and share? As we get towards the content. end yeah.
1: um, like, what is it the last
2: class yeah. or after that
1: or? we sort of we stick with this format primarily that we've been doing um, it's just hard to get it all into six sessions yeah. but um, yes. what we've done in the past is sort of share like you bring in the, the piece that you're working on and you know we can share those well last yeah. uh,
0: last the first time not last time the first time we were together, with, I guess it was the, the, first, the uh, first
1: year we first did it. There was a lot
4: of that kind yeah, of presenting. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and mm-hmm. we remember we laid things out. There was like yes. a display yes, yes. table, <clears throat> and then you know yep. you, each mm-hmm. person went and talked about what they yep. did. It wasn't what they were working and, um, on. That's true. Now it, it was good. what they, the medium that they right. had.
4: Well, yeah. Judith and I are of two minds of this. Um, I, I actually found those very rich conversations, people talking the problems they had in the medium and mm-hmm. how they did that, and it's something about artists talking about that that's really quite gratifying. The flip side is if we spend a lot, if we dedicate a lot of time to well, that, it's going to come. We have to make it, We have yeah. to figure out some, you know, trade terms of Text a, study uh, or yeah. appendix. Uh, just a night in itself
0: or a day in itself. Uh,
1: yeah, we should figure out how we might make we it do happen. Do that happen. Yeah. Um, I have there's to kind of things. figure out the logistics yeah. of it. Yeah, I nice. have no resistance to it at all. I just, we're making this up as we go along. Yeah, so I right. year it's been a little Does bit this different. This is called improvisational art. It's yeah. Right.
6: there's another option, really. too, is that um, I don't remember if we've gotten it this year, but we usually get a list of everybody in their email. Address. Right. Uh, yeah, so and we can get together informally. Yeah. 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 I think so that maybe, may be better, yeah, because yeah, I, I don't want to
1: run it. I want it to happen sort of organically.
0: I like, like the that first idea. year when you know, maybe you have three or four people
5: bring in stuff and spend 10 or 15 minutes, so each time, if we all brought in something, that would be forever. But if three or four people shared each time for 10 or 15 minutes.
1: I kind of like yeah. Sylvia's idea, okay. just because I have so much that I want to yeah. yeah. pair up with. Right. Um,
5: or or could, we could, could we do an extra session, a seventh session? I, you know,
4: I'm a teaching junkie, so if we have another session, I'm, I could be. Um,
5: that was just dedicated to
1: you don't even necessarily have to respond, right, but you're hearing the yeah, bunch Yeah, I'm hearing you. Right, right, right. right now, I have to go to the Botanic Garden
6: and teach watercolors. I'm yes. going to go. <laughs> so She's dressed up. for the garden. Yeah. To to the garden? Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Here we go. Are you going to for us? i to go Somebody, somebody <laughs> found the brushes. I mean, I don't anyone's yeah. here. She found probably- yeah.